0: This is my last message in my series of cloud of witnesses. And fittingly, we're finishing on Jesus. We don't actually know the birth or the actual true date of the birth of Jesus. We can understand the season that they were in. It was uh, roughly about October. But we don't actually know the time that he was born in. And the reason why they celebrated over Christmas is because there was a pagan Celebration at this point in time and the, the early Christians decided well, they can't get everything so we'll put a special day for the Christians to celebrate and so now that's why we celebrate Christmas Day on the 25th of December I can remember when uh, when Mel was pregnant we had found out we were going to have twins and we were trying to think of different names for our children I had already had Zeph's name because God had actually given me that name before I even met my wife, Melinda. I can remember reading the Bible one day and I came to the book of Zephaniah and God spoke to me and said, "This is you're going to have a son and his name should be Zephaniah. And I can remember when uh, Melinda and I started dating and we, started, we got engaged and I told her this and she was like, nope, I don't like that name. And Melinda had had all these thoughts of girls' names, and this is what I want my daughter to be, like you normally do. And It took a while, and eventually Mel came around to the name Zephaniah. And And funny enough, you you can always sort of tell, because there's always a a trail of goodies whenever God is doing something, because the name Zephaniah actually has a really strong meaning, the meaning's hidden by God. And I can remember when we were trying to come up with a name because I'd eventually won Mel over with Zephaniah. And especially when he was born and we went through a few different things and Mel was like, yep, he's a Zephaniah. But coming up with the name of our daughter, Charlotte. We were going through the name book as most people do and Googling and this and what. And funny enough, every time we were looking at different names we were also looking at the meaning of the name. Because meaning, names actually have meanings and they're They can actually be quite important. Charlotte actually means petite and feminine. And in some circles, it actually means free. It's a French name. It's a female version of Charles, funny enough, becoming very popular at the moment. Last year, I think, last year, it was one of the most popular girls' names. It's a good thing, uh, Charlotte, you were born seven years ago. But names have meanings. And it's important to understand that there have meanings, because I, I look at my son and there's often times that you say his full name and they already know that when they get their full name said, they're in trouble. And they both have little nicknames, we call them but But they know that they have a full name. And when you say their full name, it's actually speaking something into their existence you're coming into agreement with actually the name that's been said. And we do something here, we do a, a baby dedication, I don't want to baptise children, but we do a baby dedication where we pray over the child and we present the parents with a small little book that details the child's name, their meaning, a lifetime description, a lifetime that's meaning to that actual child. And we pray over the child and we pray over the parents and we come in agreement with those parents over that child's name. Now, if you haven't looked up your name, Google it. Google is a wonderful thing. You can find just about everything on Google. Find out what your name means. Because quite often it actually has more power to it. And the funny thing is, whenever someone speaks your name, they're actually speaking into the meaning of your name. Speaking into your life. Why is that important? Because we're about to discuss who Jesus is. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 and 25, it says... In a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son, and she will call his name Jesus. Some other translations say Emmanuel. But he will save his people from his sins. And all these took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and she shall call his name Emmanuel. Which means... God with us. There are a couple of words in there that are really important. If you were here the last few weeks, you'd understand that I talked about Mary, and I also talked about Joseph, and what took place in their lives and what God was using them for and what was doing it. It's all a setup for tonight. Joseph became fearful to take Mary as his wife. But the father came beside him and encouraged him and says, this is what he said, said, Joseph, son of David. Joseph was actually in the lineage of King David and he was going to be in the lineage of being the Messiah. And he came across him and he encouraged him to stand and to take Mary, his, his wife, regardless of what was actually surrounding and the cultural understanding of what was taking place And to be the father of this child. Now, as I said before, Emmanuel actually means God with us. It's funny that at Bethlehem, God became with us. At Calvary, God was for us. And at Pentecost, God was in us. Everything that God is doing is to build and develop one simple thing. A relationship. In John three sixteen, it says, "For God so loved the world that He begot His only begotten Son." That God so loved that world, and we don't even understand the context or the full meaning of that word love, because today we use it so loosely. But that is an unconditional love. That is a love that only a father can actually have. It's a love that your creator has for each and every one of us. It's a love that he decided that God wanted to be with us. And so he sent his son as a child to come into this world to be the ultimate gift for all mankind. That you can know him and have him and be with him. Soon after that, 33 years after his birth, he was to die upon on Calvary. So God was for us. And soon after his death, which is about 40 days, on the day of Pentecost, he sent his Holy Spirit to be in us. Everything, God is with us, God is for us, and God is in us, speaks of a relationship and a desire to be connected with you on a level that you have no understanding or fully grasp of what it is. God will move mountains in order to grab hold of you. I am living proof of it. My mother is in the audience today and I know that there was a long period of time when I walked away from God, or try, should say tried to run away from God. If you haven't worked out, it doesn't work real well. And I did my own thing for such a long time. But I can remember the day that God called me home or called me back or called me home yet. Because God had a desire to be in relationship with me, to be connected with me. And it's not just me, it's each and every one of us. For God so loved each and every one of us that God has a desire to not only be with you, but He is for you. And He wants to be in you. That's why God sent the perfect gift. That is why God sent His only Son. It's not these rules and regulations that we have to follow. It's because God desires, longingly desires, To be with his creation. The reason why he died for us is so he could show that his love is eternal, it's greater. It's so he could bring us from our one place and bring us closer to who he is. And God is in us today because he desires to be in us, he desires to show through us. Because with that he can show his eternal and everlasting glory. God desires to be connected with you. Not just on Sundays. Not just when it suits. Not just in the dark times or the difficult times. But God desires to be with you. And he is for you. And he is definitely most excitingly want to be in you. And how he means to be in us is the more that we spend time with the eternal father, the more we become like him the more we share his characteristics and the more we can understand of who he is because we spent more time with him. The more time I spend with my wife and it's important that if you're married that you spend time with your partner and if you're not, spend time with God because the more I get to understand my wife, the more I get to know her and just because we've been married for almost 13 years next year, it's 12 and a half now, I'm all right. The more I, t- I spend time, the more I'm learning about her. The more we are building a deeper connection. The more I can see her in different situations and different circumstances. How she responds and how she doesn't respond. What she likes, what she doesn't like. Now, I know my wife to a certain degree, but there is more things that I have to learn about her. I look forward to the day that one day, obviously, a little bit down the track, and we're married for 50, 60, whatever years. And knowing that I've spent a lifetime with a person to share my life with that person. Because that's why God gave us relationships. See, that's why he gave you a partner. That's why he gave you a family. That's why he gave you a mother and father. It's because it's, it's developing or giving you a consciousness of what is relationship, the connection points. And so everything that you understand about relationship is exactly how the Father wants to connect with each and every one of us. Because God is for us. And he'll move mountains to get hold of you. He'll move mountains to get your attention. And the more that we connect with him, the more he just wants to bless you. I was having a discussion this afternoon with my son. My son doesn't understand the consciousness of my wife and I have joint bank accounts. When my wife gets him something, we are getting him something. And we and were having this thing because someone blessed me with, with, some, with some beef jerky. I, I like meat. I like the passage in, the, in Scripture where Peter the, the disciple was having a dream on a roof and God showed him a vision of, of a cloth held with animals and God said, kill and eat. To me that speaks of a greater revelation that every person should hold. And, and my kids like beef jerky and and it was sitting on the bench, and I gave my kids some. And, uh, and then my son decided, I want some more. So he went and got this, put his hand in the packet, and I was like, What are you doing? He says, I like jerky. And I said, But that was given to me. I, I'm trying to push for certain things. He didn't quite click. And, he, and he, we were having this discussion, weren't we? And you were saying, We were talking about sharing. And you said, but you don't buy me anything. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. So we had this discussion. You can imagine what was said. I said, you're in my house. And I, it, I mean well. Right, and he meant well too. But you've got to explain these things to children, right? And he's like, but you don't buy me stuff. Mum does. I was like, but Mum's money is mine? It's our money we're in a partnership we're in a relationship and as i have two children you know tomorrow we have we have bought certain things for them right as, as a parent you want to give you want to bless your children abundantly right if you could you'd give them everything but then there's this little thing inside you that goes if i give you that are you ready for it are you are you, you going to look after it if i give you ten thousand dollars what would you do with this Buy lots of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah right, okay. Yeah. He will have a field day at, at the toy shops, right? But it's not going to do him any good. Because he's not learn, going to learn to appreciate it. So when, when the Bible says that God is for us, it's not that he doesn't want to bless you. Kind of. It's so, like, because you're not ready for what he wants to give you. And so he has to hold back. And it's that parent's love, which you don't fully understand until you are a parent. Right? You can have all these arguments with your parents, aren't you, mum? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Thinking you have some sort of consciousness of all. But it's not until you are a parent that you can fully grasp, but you know what, I'm holding back because I love you. Because I am for you, I cannot give this to you yet. And so I need you to grow and develop so you can understand that I am for you. But because we only see what we want and not what we are ready for, we don't often grasp that God is for us. God loves us with an everlasting love that is greater than what we can comprehend. That he died for each and every one of you. In Matthew 3:17 it says when God was talking about Jesus he says this is my son in whom I love and with him I am well pleased. And when we receive Jesus Christ as our savior and our lord we walk into a new birth. We walk into a new life, excuse me. And we receive a gift. And just like the gifts that are sitting underneath your trees that have little labels so you know who they go to, right? or sometimes you might write their name right straight on the package depending on what's easiest, right? Because we all know it just goes straight in the bin anyway. But you have a new label that is connected to you. And it says the same thing. It says you are his beloved child and with you he is well pleased and you can't say oh but you don't know what i've done because if you can say you don't know what i've done you haven't realized what he has done for you it's because he died on the cross of calvary that he is well pleased with us cuz it's not about what we do or how we earn something it's all about relationship connections you can't earn his love you don't there's no brownie points It's just the desire to be close to a creator. It's a love that comes with no strings attached. A love that can't be earned. It's given because he loved you before you were born, even before you were conceived or thought about in your parents' mind frame. His love is completely and utterly matchless, which means nothing equals to it. And that's why he sent his son. Because at Bethlehem, He became God with us and at Calvary he became God for us and at Pentecost he became God in us and that's simply why there is power in his name there is power in the name Emmanuel there is power in the name of Jesus because when you link with who God is for you and with you and in you you come in alignment with who he is and what he's doing And there is power in that name. Because he is with us, for us, and in us. And he doesn't waste his time. He loves us with an everlasting, everlasting love that has no equal. Simple as that. And this season when we... get around our families and we get around our friends. Depending on what you do, you might send a whole bunch of Facebook photos out and everyone comments or maybe send a whole bunch of texts to wish people Merry Christmas. Just stop for one second. And each and every person you're contacting with, you're connecting with, is a relationship that links back to your Heavenly Father because God is with us And he is definitely most for us because he is in us. That's what this season is all about. This season is a reminder of his love, his everlasting love, that he came as a child in humility for each and every one of us. He didn't hold back and say, you're not good enough. He didn't say, you can't do this, you can't do that. He came to the nobodies. He allowed the shepherds to come. He was born in a manger which is a food trough in the back of the shed, in the back of the garage surrounded by animals against the whole cultural picture that surrounds it because God is with us, he is for us and he is in us. That's what this season is about. And as you go and communicate, connect relate with your family members and friends Think of the greatest relationship that you can have. It's with your Heavenly Father. I'm going to pray and then one of the a couple of girls want to come up and sing another song and we're going to finish up. We're not going to take too much time. Congratulations on the hamper. Uh, Sunday morning we're here at 9.30am for another service. We'll do personal communion. If you've never experienced personal communion it's a different experience. What we do is we, we take communion with you guys and we pray over each and every one of you um, we ask you a couple of questions what's happened this year what are you looking forward in the new year we pray, we bless you um, and then we sort of finish off with that it's a very different thing um, it's kind of unique not a lot of people do it but we like to do it it's, it's, it's how we start the new year simple as that so I do welcome you and, uh, and encourage you to come 9.30am here um, we have lovely aircon, which is a great blessing in this heat uh, there are some storms expected I don't know when they're going to come through maybe we get some rain I don't know what that's co- that is at the moment but maybe we'll get some rain uh, it doesn't look like we're going to hit by right too much so uh, stay safe, be safe um, if you're going to travel um, be cautious remember extra demerit points for travelling on the roads this time of year um, and there's a few crazies out there but look after yourself uh, and be blessed so I'll pray and then the team can sort of Kick off. Maybe I have to drag it out a little bit longer. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for tonight. A time when we can remember when you sent your son. And Joseph and Mary were traveling to Bethlehem. And you were born in a manger, in humility, but out of love. Father, I want to thank you that you are for us that you are with us and that you are in us. We declare your blessings and your favour upon each and every one of us. Your covering covering your protection. Keep us safe over this period. Bless us in all we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.